what does the Pharmacy Guild of Australia want out of a healthcare system for the people of Australia and what we want are better health outcomes. We want to make sure that we are world leading in all areas, whether it be potentially preventable hospital presentations being reduced, whether it's increasing vaccination rates, potentially vaccine preventable diseases, whether it's treating minor ailments or managing chronic disease. And community pharmacy should be the centrepiece for the delivering and addressing of these three things for Australians. Hi, I'm Trent Toomey, Guild National President, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast, brought to you by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. Focusing on pharmacy management and ownership, the PBCN podcast supports the improvement and growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals. The PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. Today, we speak with recently elected Guild National President Trent Toomey and gain some insight into his first 100 days in the role. Trent discusses the highlights, challenges and the opportunities facing the sector and the vision for community pharmacy as we work towards the Guild's centenary in 2028. We also learn more about the man himself, his career pathway, the people who have supported his journey and his experiences as a regional community pharmacist. Here's Trent. Trent, welcome to the show and congratulations on your recent appointment to Guild National President. Firstly, Could you tell those that are listening a little bit about your career and your pathway to national president of the Guild? My mother was a pharmacy assistant and I remember distinctly I had a part-time job at the local McDonald's for a few years while I was in in high school and and that was actually fantastic training. So um, that set me on a good path and it gave me some great foundations for working with people in frontline retail and frontline healthcare. So I I look back on my days at McDonald's, Warree and Cairns with, uh, with fond memories um, but the way I sat on pharmacy, as I said, mum was a pharmacy assistant and she hit me up, I think, halfway through my senior year and said, son, what are you doing with your life? You know, get off the couch, mate, you've got to do something. And I went, oh, I don't know. I think I might have just grunted at her and, and said some expletives. Poor woman, she deserves a medal. Um, and she said, have you considered pharmacy? Uh, no, I hadn't. Um, so I put my options in for uh, university and I, I think I had radiology, law and pharmacy, but in the reverse order. So um, I was pretty lucky that uh, the year before James Cook University, so the regional university for uh, Queensland, commenced the pharmacy program in Townsville, so just south of Cairns. And um, I, I received a good enough grade and, and was accepted in first round offers. So um, all of you have my uh, have my mum to thank. From grunting on the couch at mum to Guild National President, along that pathway, what have been some of your most proudest career achievements? Having a regional university uh, experience, living on college, I got involved in student union politics, which I think um, wouldn't come as a surprise to your listeners. And uh, we, we actually had to establish the James Cook University Pharmacy Student Association. So I was on the um, inaugural committee for that. and. Then we had to affiliate with this thing called NAPSA or the National Australian Pharmacy Student Association. We had no idea what that was, so we went down to meet those people. And, and I met these these guys at the Guild and these people at the PSA and, and, and got to open up my world and my mind to uh, what was happening outside of far north Queensland. And I have to say, other than a fishing trip with my dad and my brothers to Weeper on an ANSET aircraft, I hadn't even been on a plane before this experience. So... Um, it really did uh, open my eyes and to travel 
Um, and so um, I suppose it started snowballing from there. I got to meet people like John Bronger and Cos Glavos, who were uh, national presidents of the Guild um, uh, at the time and on national councils. So Cos was Queensland president and John was, was national president. And, and the Guild really did uh, embrace me as, as a young student leader. Um, and so really I, my, my experience right from first year university uh, has been exposed to uh, pharmacy politics, whether it's the Guild or, or any of the other organisations. And after that, I was um, when I graduated university, I got tapped on the shoulder to be on the AIPM board or the Australian Institute of Pharmacy Management, which is uh, now the Australasian College of Pharmacy. So I became the state president of that in Queensland and I became the New South Wales president of that when... Georgina, my then girlfriend, who was a pharmacist as well, we went to spend a couple of years working and, and living in Newcastle. So, um, and then we got an opportunity to buy into our, our first pharmacy back up in Cairns. We had no intentions of going back to Cairns, but it's just where the first opportunity came from. So, we moved back there. And um, after 12 months of, of managing a pharmacy, we bought in our first share on the 1st of July. And by the 1st of August, 31 days later, I was on the Guild Committee there. Pharmacy Guild appointed me to a casual vacancy. So I'd been an owner all four weeks before I was a, an elected official or an appointed official, I should say, of the, of the Pharmacy Guild. And um, I just have to say their their encouragement, their investment in me, in, in my professional development, um, not just as a as a clinical community pharmacist, but also um, in, in leadership and in management, um, I will be forever grateful for. And I suppose it's just... Um, you know, having Georgina there to support me, uh, not only being a parent, a dad of two young kids, but uh, having business partners and, and staff that we're responsible for. If it, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be able to dedicate the time to the guild and the time to the profession that I have. Some great highlights there, Trent. But now you are coming into the role at an exceptional time in history. What does the first 100 days look like for you as the new national president in 2021? First 100 days, we've got quite a, a sprint. And I realised that my presidency and over the pleasure of the Guild National Council, so only they know how long it will be, but let's hope it's a, it's a long marathon. But the first 100 days is most definitely a sprint. And I come to the role not only as being a branch president of the Guild in Queensland, but the senior national vice president to, to George for uh, the last four years. I've um, being a chief negotiator of a community pharmacy agreement on the team for the community pharmacy agreement before that. So we have two agreements um, uh, under our belt. But then um, I also had the distinct pleasure of serving for four years on the Guild Group Holdings Board, which gave me um, a fantastic insight into uh, the world of, of corporate Australia, not just in insurance and superannuation, but um, in digital technologies and um, and the independent directors that we have managing that asset on behalf of the members are just first rate. Uh, so to be able to have that whole professional development experience to complement the government and public relations experiences that have come with doing agreements and, and being a branch president, I think have um, you know provided good foundation, but, uh, but made of, I've, I've got to acknowledge the 15 national councillors that form uh, the governing body of the Pharmacy Guild. They are a remarkable group of, of men and women. Uh, we have the highest percentage of female national councillors of any national council um, uh, in the history of the Guild, um, a fact that I am immensely proud of. As I said, my mother was a pharmacy assistant. My my wife is, is uh, not just my life partner, but my business partner as well. And, and as a pharmacist and a Guild member, she is too. So 
um, they um, have given uh, me a clear mandate to work with Suzanne and her staff um, to ensure that the Guild is not just fit for purpose and, and battle-ready at all times to, to fight the good fight on behalf of our members and our, our members' staff. But uh, we're here for, for the next 100 years and, and build on the strengths and achievements of the past 100. Well, Trent, if the first 100 days in the role is a sprint, 2028 might seem like a long-distance event, but in 2028, the Guild will celebrate its centenary. What's your vision for community pharmacy when the Guild celebrates its centenary? I think the National Council has a vision, so it's not just about me. So the National Council's vision is that as we approach 2028, which is, as you rightly put, the centenary of the Pharmacy Guild of Australia, we celebrate a series of milestones. In 2022, we have the 60th anniversary of, of Guild Group. Um, you know, we have the 8th Community Pharmacy Agreement in 2025. Uh, we've got the 40th anniversary of the World Pharmacy Council and the 30th anniversary of the Quality Care Program in 2027. Um, then, of course, we have our our centenary in 2028, but that year we also celebrate the 80th anniversary of the Pharmaceutical Benefits Scheme, uh, a role that the Pharmacy Guild uh, not only guards but also takes exceptionally seriously as a joint custodian with the Commonwealth Government on, on behalf of the people of Australia to ensure that that system is world-leading, um, is sustainable um, and is meeting the quality use of medicine needs um, of, of Australians, but it's also the 50th anniversary of the Australasian College of Pharmacy that year. And then, of course, you know, just 24 months after that, um, uh, we've got the Ninth Community Pharmacy Agreement. So there's there's a lot of things happening in this centenary period of time, but um, all of these things are a means to an end. Um, so what do the Pharmacy Guild National Councillors want for their members, I suppose, is better answered if we say, what does the Pharmacy Guild of Australia want out of a healthcare system for the people of Australia and what we want are better health outcomes. Uh, we want to make sure that we are world leading in all areas, whether it be potentially preventable hospital presentations being reduced, whether it's increasing vaccination rates, potentially uh, vaccine preventable diseases, whether it's uh, treating minor ailments or managing uh, chronic disease and community pharmacy should be uh, the, the centrepiece for the delivering um, and addressing of these three things for Australians by by the end of of that ten year period. So that's what we're working towards. Where we're looking overseas and abroad, can't travel at the moment, but we can still communicate through organisations like the World Pharmacy Council to see what community pharmacies are doing in Alberta and Canada and in in Virginia and in the United States, in uh, you know in um, in Wales and in Scotland, in the United Kingdom, areas that have much broader scopes of clinical practice where community pharmacies are being able to be true primary healthcare hubs. So that's what we're focusing on. We're, we're not focusing on ourselves, we're focusing on our patients. And when we talk about our patients first and foremost, um, our members will benefit. Um, and when our members benefit, the Guild benefits. A great overall vision, but it's also made up of a lot of smaller blocks that will help make that happen. And obviously, there's going to be a lot of hard work and commitment needed from the industry to achieve all of that. So, Trent, in saying that, what do you see as the biggest opportunities and challenges for the community pharmacy sector as you work towards that vision? So, my role as National President is to assist and guide the National Council, but it's up for the National Council to, to drive this vision. And it's the Guild's job to be the shield on one hand for the headwinds that um, inevitably face our members, but also to be 
uh, you know, the, the, the knife that cuts down all of the barriers um, uh, that are currently standing between us and practising to our full scope of practice to, as I said, meet those clinical needs of, of Australians. And that's what we will focus on. And to do that, you need to build coalitions of support. Um, this is not about the Pharmacy Guild. And I'm more than happy uh, for the Pharmacy Guild to maintain um, its, its role as, yes, being the peak organisation for the profession, but having our members speak for the profession and, and, and not the Guild. So to build those coalitions of support, um, my first 100 days will... Um, will form the foundation, but we will see this level of communication and stakeholder engagement, both internally in the profession with special interest groups in um, in the regional, rural and remote space. Um, you know, I live a long way. I'm the first regional president in the Pharmacy Guild's history. So I have a, a passion in that area, but also to help close the gap in, in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health outcomes. And we have uh, members who specialise in those areas. But then there's the national priorities, whether it be mental health, whether it be cardiovascular disease, whether it be uh, diabetes, and there's a, um, a whole raft of, of stakeholders in these groups, of patient um, groups, of, of drug companies, of, of wholesalers that are so aligned with what we want to achieve for the healthcare system. Um, the Guild is not going to be able to achieve any of these wonderful things in, in isolation. As you mentioned, your pharmacy is located in Cairns where you and your family and the, the pharmacy team are an integral part of the community. You also mentioned that you're the first regional president in the role. So as such, you clearly bring a regional area perspective to the presidency. Why is that important in the role, do you think? Because Australians, it, it is ingrained in our psyche that um, a principle of universal access, of a fair go, and it should not matter whether we live in, in Cairns or Corumba or Brisbane or Broome, Australians deserve the same healthcare access and the same healthcare outcomes. And having instruments like the location rules, um, which are constantly being questioned, um, and the reason that they stand up and have standard, um, uh, stood the test of time for so many years, uh, despite the attacks, is because the outcomes speak for themselves. Uh, we have 5,900 community pharmacies distributed right around Australia, um, across all areas of metropolitan, regional, rural and remote Australia. And um, we have those uh, because of the system um, uh, that is anchored by location rules. So, um, yes, I, I, I bring in a, a unique perspective, I think, as every national president has. But, um, you know, living, uh, you know, closer to Port Moresby than I do to Brisbane in my own state, my closest capital city is in a foreign country. Uh, we, um, you know, the, the far north Queensland region um, has the only international border uh, where there are free movement of people. So it's not just rural and remote Australians living and working on cattle stations in the Gulf, but, uh, you know, live working in, in primary industries such as, you know, sugar farmers, banana farmers, uh, mango farmers, but we've also got uh, tourism operators of First Nations Australians and, of course, uh, Papua New Guineans and all of these things form the melting pot that is far north Queensland. And, um, uh, you know, I don't want to live anywhere else. I don't want my kids growing up anywhere else. Um, but it brings with this a unique set of challenges that our system is struggling to meet and address. But I just see community pharmacy as perfectly positioned to be able to be a solution um, to all of these um, uh, problems um, because all of these problems are opportunities for us if we are brave enough and, and have courage to capitalise on them. 
It's a great point. There's plenty of opportunity there. And I asked earlier about the vision for community pharmacy in the Guild's centenary year in 2028. That's going to require change, overcoming some challenges. But as you said, there's huge opportunity there. But you've been a Guild representative for over 10 years. It'd be great to get your perspective on what some of the most significant changes and challenges you've seen over those years. Change is an interesting concept. And I believe that is going to be the biggest challenge for the Pharmacy Guild in the future. And and to be able to meet change, you have to communicate, communicate, communicate. And um, that is the role of the national president. Um, it's it's uh, you know not to be the boss. Um, it's to be the uh, spokesperson. It's to be the orator. It's to be the communicator. To not just, as I said, work with all of those internal and external stakeholders, but to prosecute the case for change. Uh, members. Uh, employees, staff, pharmacists um, don't have to be told that there has been a lot of change in the past decade and you don't have to be a rocket scientist to realise that uh, that pace of change is only going to quicken. We saw um, uh, what the McKenzie Institute has said, we saw five years' worth of digital transformation in the first eight weeks of lockdown last year um, and that led to uh, you know, the $1.2 billion digital transformation strategy as one of the centrepieces of this year's federal budget. Um, so we're going to change. In the past 10 years, we saw PBS online. We've seen electronic prescriptions. We've seen active ingredient prescribing. Uh, we've seen uh, the My Health record. We've seen uh, apps evolve, you know, with like the guild links of the world. Uh, these things did not exist when I came to the presidency. Um, and uh, that pace of change is only going to quicken. So um, I'm, I'm very proud of the way our profession embraces technology. We embraced uh, digital, um, uh, we embraced computers um, early in the 1990s faster than any other uh, piece of primary healthcare infrastructure. And, and I have no doubt that as small business women and men, as well as frontline healthcare providers, we will continue to evolve and innovate and, and capitalise on all of the opportunities that will come with a gig economy. But um, uh, the biggest challenge I see um, for me personally in the role of the national president is to um, help articulate the vision, where we need to go, why I believe the next 10 years is without a doubt going to be better than the previous 10 years, but to prosecute the case for practice change that is that is going to be needed to capitalise on those things. And change is, is never easy, but, um, but it's something that we must do, um, we have to do. Um, and, um, you know, we, we stand ready to, to put our shoulder to the wheel to help our members in every practical way that we can um, in their dispensaries and in their businesses to do those things. I think that's a great segue, Trent, because it's been a, a great chat so far, but serious and clearly important topics that we're discussing. But now we thought we'd finish off today's episode with a fast five, just five quick fire, short answer questions, just for a bit of fun, just to help the listeners, the people, the members of the Guild get to know their president as a person, just a guy from Cairns. Now, your first one, Trent, is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite any three people in the world. Who would you invite? I'd have my wife and my two kids because, mate, I spend four to five nights a week on the road and um, you know, I don't spend enough time with them. So that might sound, that might sound a bit corny, but, but it's true. Fair enough. Favourite movie? I love a good trilogy and a good saga. So um, I've got two. I'm sorry. Um, I've got The Godfather. I love it. 
um, and um, uh, but I, I'm also a, an absolute Star Wars yes. fanatic. So um, I'm sorry, I've got two. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. As long as Star Wars is included, Trent, we'll let that slide. <laughs> Best holiday. Listen, it has to be St. Helens on the northeast coast of Tasmania. So uh, I live in what is undoubtedly one of the most beautiful parts of Australia, uh, Cairns in far north Queensland. We're blessed with the Great Barrier Reef and the World Heritage Rainforest. So, um, you know, I'm spoilt for natural choice and beauty and we love the outdoors. We love going camping with the kids where there's no technology and, and we love going swimming and, and, and we love doing uh, stand-up paddleboarding. I suck at it. Georgina's fantastic at it. But um, but we love St. Helens. But Georgina's family are, are from Launceston and they've got a shack there and... Um, uh, unfortunately, they've upgraded the uh, the Optus um, uh, telecommunications at Stiglitz, so now people can get a hold of me when we go there. But um, I, I do love it. It's a beautiful part of the world down there. This sounds like a little bit of an interview question, but where do you see yourself in five years? I see myself getting to uh, the back end of the centenary vision of the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. And, and listen, I've got Scarlett and Archer are, are eight and nine years of age, so I have an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old. They know nothing else other than a dad that is a national councillor um, of the Pharmacy Guild. And, um, you know, I um, I want to see through um, this, uh, my national presidency. Um, I'd love to see through our centenary. I'd love to see through um, uh, the um, the next agreement. And, um, uh, you know, I, I but I do want to make sure that um, as my son gets into and my daughter get into their senior years of, of high school, that um, I um, have a bit more time to spend with them back at home. Apart from, hey, Trent, you should watch these Star Wars movies, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? I have to say, um, striving for work-life balance, all of the national presidents I've had the absolute pleasure of working with, and I mentioned them before, John Bronger and Cos Glavos and George Tambassis have all said the same thing to me. Uh, don't forget your priorities. It is your wife and your kids. It is your business and your business partners. And um, I, I have to say, it is something I struggle with. I do because I can't do things by half. Um, the role does consume me. It is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week job. Um, it's um, it's it's not it's not a nine-to-five clock-off, clock-on one. You don't get annual leave. You don't get any of those things because you respond to to members and you respond to internal, and external stakeholders. So, um, you know, uh, I, I do rely, as I said before, my introductory remarks on a great national council to pick up the workload. But um, it is an all-consuming role, mate, and. Um, you know, I, I do struggle with that work-life balance. Trent Toomey, Guild National President, congratulations again on your appointment. But thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing the Guild's plans for the sector, but also for some insight into yourself as, first and foremost, a community pharmacist. Good on you, Daniel. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. What a great chat and some really great insight into the person, community pharmacist and leader, but also into the vision and plans in the lead-up to the Guild Centenary in 2028. If you would like more information about the Guild Centenary Framework for Change, simply visit guild.org.au. I've been your host, Daniel Oyston, and you've been listening to Episode 74 of the PBCN Podcast. The PBCN Podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. For more resources, to access support or advice, or to view this episode's show notes, visit guild.org.au.